from the vault. High atop the pastoral center of the Diocese of Camden, you're listening to Talking Catholic. Hi, everybody. Thanks for listening to Talking Catholic. This is your long-lost co-host, Mary McCusker. <laughs> I haven't, Mike just reminded me that I haven't, haven't co-hosted an episode in like two and a half months, so yeah. it's great to be back. I, I genuinely can't remember the last time you were on, I, and you've done a lot of, you've hosted a lot of the shows with me, but... I, <laughs> Can you remember what the last one was? No, I don't. But I know that since the wonderful Jennifer Morrow has joined, she's been doing a lot of great podcasts lately. She has. And um, it's it's you and I work in different buildings. So oftentimes I can't just grab you and, and bring you into a podcast. Sadly, Jen does not have that uh, benefit of distance. So she's literally one floor away from me. And Dragged sometimes, into it. <laughs> uh, you know, those last minute podcast ideas come up and I literally grab her and bring her over. And uh, she, but she's always very kind to, to join us. And she says she likes it. So that's She's a natural. She's really, really great. You know what? She really is. I have to give her a lot of credit, Uh, certainly not to her face, but behind her back. Um, (laughs) I have to say uh, her episodes are really good, and um, she's been bringing on good ideas for guests, and it's been a nice, it's been nice because it has actually been, I'm not entirely certain why, but um, between yourself and Carrie and Marianella, You've all been so busy of late. No, no, no. In a good way. You've all been so busy of late that I actually feel like the the podcast has become a burden for the three of you. So it has been nice to have. Well, I mean, not really a burden, but uh, I'm happy that uh, Jen's been there to pick up some of those those weeks. And Jen's might just be the busiest of all of us, though. We're all busy. No excuse. But no, I've no. missed it. No excuse. I've missed it. No excuses at all. I mean, no, and no, you know, I'm not pointing fingers either. I'm very, I, it thrills me, actually, that the three of you are as busy as you are. Mary, and, and I, sadly, um, you were knocked out by COVID a year ago. Uh, Mary and Ella, the day. Mary and Ella and her family contracted it over the holidays. So she's been uh, laid up. Carrie, I think, has been able to bypass it. My family, to our knowledge, hasn't happened, hasn't had it. But yeah. the you know the new variant is so mild. Who knows? We might have had it and never have known. I know. So um, so anyway. Cheers to saying safe. Hopefully, <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, there's no round two <laughs> or three or four or anything else like yep. that. But it's uh, so anyway. You know, it's the start of the new year, and we're we have lots of hurdles to jump. And you and I, in particular, tend to be very busy. So. It has been one of, the, and it has been one of those weeks too. I will, yes, I will tell has. you right now to our listeners, if you're listening and I sound tired, that is because I am tired. And what was the reason for that? Well, that one was self-inflicted. <laughs> um, I, uh, it has been a very busy week, and I decided to treat myself to binge watching some shows last night, and stayed up far too late uh, <laughs> watching some stuff on Netflix, which uh, I am paying the price for later this Friday afternoon. That's okay because our guest today has is possibly the most energetic and like contagiously energetic person I know. He yeah, just I, has that just has that I don't know what the word is for it, but Yeah, I don't know how to describe it. Invigorating. Either. She is she is invigorating and invigorated. Um she's been on the podcast before. It's actually kind of a bittersweet podcast today yes. because uh we're thinking of this as sort of her exit interview. She uh She's done great work for Catholic Charities for years, and we've had her on the podcast. Uh, I even had she's one of my few solo guests where it was just me and her once. Um, she could be by herself and just run the whole thing. Well, she could today because <laughs> you and I we may actually fall asleep because you're exhausted too. But um, but she's been fantastic, and I'm 
genuinely saddened that on the one hand that she's leaving, but I'm also thrilled because she's leaving for an, uh, a great opportunity elsewhere. But uh, can you introduce our new guest, our next, our As current I guest? Try to uh, get through the podcast without getting teary-eyed. <laughs> girl. Um, welcome to Christina Chillum. Um, I don't know if I should be introducing you by your. Today's your last day. Can you tell us um, your new role and the roles, the million roles you've had over the years here at Catholic Charities? Yes, yes. I'm beaming and laughing over here, listeners, (laughs) during this intro. This is awesome. They they could totally fall asleep. I'll just take it away. (laughs) Thank you, Christina. (laughs) Nap time. (laughs) No, I'll start with this story of how I came to Catholic Charities, and it is a great story, and that'll lead into the roles that I've had. Um, So I, I... uh, graduated with a master's in English, and I had originally in- anticipated pursuing academia and scholarship, P- PhD. Um, but I just felt like this change in my attention and like my interest, and um, I wanted to try different kinds of writing. So I, it was it, for about a summer after graduating in that spring, I, I tried like a little bit of copywriting, like looking into copywriting, marketing, or creative writing and poetry. Like I've always been interested in it all. Well, I like came across the grant writing genre. I came across a position that someone was hiring for, for a grant writer. And I was like, what is this grant writer? Yeah. Right? What's a grant? Uh, and I just, I've, I've just fell in love. I've been hooked ever since on grant writing, which is crazy, but I don't know is. if I've ever heard that sentence come out of anyone's mouth ever. Uh, People have laughed at me. I, I've been doing this job for 20 some odd years and the grant writer was always the hardest one to fill and the easiest one to yeah. lose because it can be, it can be a grind because yeah. if, if you've never written a grant in your life, there are usually mountains of paperwork, mountains of uh, questions to ask, a lot of it in the minutia. So you have to go digging and researching. It is a actual skill position that most people don't have. And all the while knowing that you might not even Get be the awarded grant. the grant yeah. after months and months of however, yeah. well, can so we talk not, about so that? Not what that goes I love into the context writing? of like I'm saying I like the genre of the grant, the writing. You know, uh-huh. like I really fell in love with the 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 way this packet is structured in such a way that it brings an idea, a vision, a, and it it's you articulate it all in writing in a very organized and argumentative way because you want it to be enticing and competitive to like stand out and to win the award, and and so there's like an argumentative nature there, and um and you're just you're really talking up why you believe in this idea and and it's and then ultimately like what you write how you plan it all out right it's like a blueprint for this program or this service then that becomes reality if it's awarded like so it yeah. actually brings you know so, an idea or your vision into reality and I just so I love that form I don't love the pressure of course I'm not a superhuman <laughs> like you know I, I I don't love the pressure I don't love when we're not awarded you know but <laughs> but I do really like the the act activity of the of the the writing form yeah. and so I wanted to gain more well I wanted I, I applied for that position and in that interview I realized I have very I'm not ready for this kind of work like I mm-hmm. there was a lot to learn um so I used I found like a weekend program I tried to learn and I tried to apply for other grant writing positions and just realized I needed more experience well at the time around that time the your position was being <laughs> advertised. Mary's position for marketing media coordinator was Blast open, yeah. and I applied. And and I um so I you know I interviewed, and in that interview too, it was kind of clear like no, not not really right fit for this. But um, 
Kevin, Kevin, can I say Kevin sure. or Mr. Hickey? I can't yeah. So I don't know. So our, Kevin, our executive director, yeah, our, yeah, our sure. executive director uh, at Catholic Charities. Um, I was in the interview with Mike and him, and him uh, Kevin, and he had said he had called me after the interview and said, um, you know, you weren't the best fit for the position. He said, but. But call me, like, let reach out anytime, you know, like if you, you, for something else, you know, he just, he just like, it was a good interview. I don't, you know, so, so I did, I, so then I was at a diocesan young adult event. And do you remember Camille Quentes? Was she, yes. was she ever on, I don't know if she was on the show before. We did, yeah, we had her on. Oh, cool. Yeah. She um, was in that diocesan event and I was introducing myself because it was the first time I came out and I said, I'm interested in grant writing. And she said, oh, well, Catholic Charities used to have a grant writing intern. I thought, oh, well, maybe I could get experience and learn. So I called Kevin and I said, <laughs> hey, I said, I just heard that you used to have an intern. I was like, could, could I have that in intern position or like, you know, and he was like, well, it's not really like a position. If you want to volunteer, we'll just ask the, the grant writer at the time was John Marcantuno whose legacy here is, oh. um, you know, with with all the funding and support that he's brought in, um, has was he it made him t the most amazing mentor to learn under oh, yeah. to work under him. I've learned from the absolute best. And um, and he well, we had to ask him, do you want to take on this? And I was like, I was just it, we made a really fun. He ultimately said yes. But we made the funniest pair because <laughs> I'm like I'm like this young, inexperienced, like ambitious, idealistic, my energy, like you said, I'm like this new puppy that he has to like, he, I don't, I, if I How had- How do we describe John? Like I just a, very calm, like yeah. even temper. So polar opposites. Yeah. Dynamic duo, polar opposites yeah. in the funniest way imaginable. But the best way, right? Like Yes, he's very composed. He's very, very focused and, and he's slow be, because he doesn't want to make a mistake and he's so careful and he's careful when he talks and like so exactly like he's experienced he knows right and <laughs> and um yeah so we, we made a funny pair it, he told me had to tell me to listen so many times just like listen stop not listen um but i just i learned from the best and so i volunteered from november of 2016 to april of 2017 when i was uh then i was hired on and um i i wrote so many grants with him I, I started, even as a volunteer, I was experiencing like the late night deadlines and I was yeah. like, we got to get this in. But it was the bet. It was the realist experience. Dive into it. You know, the whole context. Right. And so it was just so cool. Yeah, yeah. that was my start. And I, I have to clarify a couple things you said or, or add on to a couple things you said. Number one, I was in those uh, interviews with her. And now famously, Mary had a very combative first interview with uh, us. I'd say traumatic on my end. Yes, it, was, uh, <laughs> Kev, Kev, it was Kevin and I must have been in a mood that day and we were arguing with each other throughout her interview. Wow. It was very Just like peculiar. slowly backing away in my chair the whole time like but oh gosh. There were only two interviews of I think we we had I want to say we had five interviews. There were only two interviews that were of note and were they were each of you and they were of note for this particular reason. Um, Kevin genuinely and i say this in a nice way was not even a little bit enthusiastic about uh, doing these interviews because you know it was my field and you know marketing people are the worst people in the world um so in each of them for about the first half hour he could not have been less he was visually unenthusiastic 
Oh, and, yes, that and, much was abundantly clear. Right. <laughs> but in both of your cases, about a half an hour into it, I don't know, I couldn't tell you when the, the moment was, but a half an hour into it, or halfway through each of them, I saw him le- get up, sit up, and lean forward. And when he sat up and leaned forward, I realized his body, his, his body composure completely yeah. changed. Suddenly he was interested because each of you said something of interest to him that suggested something different than the job we were hiring for, which was basically you had whatever that natural or that innate appreciation for social justice Aww. and Matthew 25. And and that was when he got interested. That's when he got interested in her. That's when he got interested Christine in Christine and I are exchanging looks right now. Like, what wacky what did thing say? did we say? I, and the thing is, is because I was only interested, and this may have been why the interviews went the way they did, I was only interested in what a person's experience was. I was not Technical particularly skills, interested yeah. in, in their in their soul. <laughs> and so the, it actually went, I will tell you that uh, there were three people considered. Uh, the first one was was purely my choice a soulless uh, marketer <laughs> who was it was per, was in my mind was the perfect person for the job oh. uh, the second one was the person who had a little bit of experience but apparently which I didn't pick up on the time had a lot of soul and then the third person was a person who had a lot of soul and no experience and that person was Christina. <laughs> uh, wait, I was sitting here like, wait, you which one middle, is who? You're the middle one. So the thing about Christina was, so I was, I was not, Wait, so I was the one with no soul is what you're saying? No, no, you were no, no, no. a little bit you of were soul. The, you were, All right, you were, a little you bit. A little I'll, bit I'll of take soul it. and like uh, enough experience. So the first choice, we... we a we, mediocre <laughs> choice at best. <laughs> well, we offered the job to the first choice and she ultimately decided to turn us down, which in this field, we rely a lot on the Holy Spirit, which we will assume that the Holy Spirit had something to do with that. She had found a job, a better job somewhere else, more lucrative, decided not to take that job. So then Kevin offered it to Mary, and thankfully she accepted the job. And had she not accepted the job, Christina very likely oh would have gotten a phone call. But, but here that, we are five years but later. Here's the thing. Yeah. That's the thing, is that Kevin doesn't forget these things. When he yeah. sees a person mm-hmm. of quality, he, he notices it. He tells the person that they are of quality, like he did with you, and then encourages them if they see something else of interest to let him know. Uh, and he's great, he's great. Yes. He has an ability for that that I simply do not possess. Um, and I think to your credit, uh, Christina, you followed up and a lot of people don't do that. He will make that, he will, mm-hmm. he will tell people that and then never hear from them again. So my message to our listeners is, um, if you want a job in an organization and that organization has told you that they see something in you but there isn't a fit right now, stay in contact. Mm-hmm. Let, you don't, not, not every week, not every two weeks even, but every couple of months, you know, if you see something, keep an eye on their yeah. jobs and stuff like that. Because I've now been a professional for 30 some odd years. And the one thing I'm certain of is the quality of the place you work at will always supersede the quality of your job and how much money you're making. I would much rather, I've, have, having sold my soul a few times for more money and more title, I have realized that the being in a good place is far more important. And if it's in your nature to be in a place where you can do better, do more for the world, then that's the place you really want to be at. Yeah. So you two are shining Sorry. examples of Kevin's uh, witness and wisdom uh, and his hiring practices. So congratulations to both of you. Uh, well, and you can we can see that uh, you know through in your case, and we haven't even got to this point yet, and we'll talk about it in a second. But you are leaving us, but you are leaving us for much greener pastures. But before we talk about that, 
let's talk a little bit more. So you finally get in the door and you're doing grant writing. But you don't stay just no, doing do grant writing, do you? No, and that's that I mean to follow up, that that's a little bit about thanks to Kevin's strength of seeing that and kind of his genuine care that he has always been attuned to what my interests are and my skills and talents and gifts as I've developed and learned and grown. And so throughout my experience here, I've gotten, you know, we could we could say it's I've gotten, you know, thrown into a, a variety of things or yeah. but it's also just I got to try a mm -hmm. variety of things. I got to I got to get all these different perspectives and experiences and try all these different things. So um from the from being the grants assistant kind of at the start of when I was hired, um, several months later, a Camille's position opened because mm -hmm. she moved out to California with her sister. So um, this was the program coordinator for the Salem Health and Wellness Program. And this has always been a unique program and really fun, especially for a grant from a grant writing perspective, because the funder is the Salem Health and Wellness Foundation, and they're based in Salem, and their priority is obviously Salem County. The foundation was formed when the, the Salem Memorial Hospital was sold uh, to a for-profit company. There were public funds that the you know the county, the residents like they belonged to them for their well-being, and so they created the foundation to manage those funds. And so the Salem Health and Wellness Foundation reached out to Catholic Charities and said, "Hey, we see that you're here and you're doing work. Can we help support you? And what kind?" of program could we support and from that we um built the Salem Health and Wellness Program, which involved nutrition education demonstrations in the food pantries. We um, formed a f food pantry coalition for the county. We helped increase produce in the pantries um, across the county. And so I took over that role and really dived in. And that was, uh, you know, I, that my first like, experience in Salem County, yeah. too. And they and I'm sure you can speak to this more than I can, but that's needed in Salem County, right? Can you tell us a little bit about how it's maybe different than Camden when it comes to the whole food insecurity front? Sure, yes. Um, Salem County is uh, much more rural than, than you know, at least you know, than Camden County. I mean, when I drive home from here, right, I'm passing Wegmans, then Whole Foods, and then Trader Joe's, yeah. and, and, you know, so, and so, but uh, very rural, and um, so... There, and also, and also, they've they their economic vitality has depleted ever since you know the uh, what's what's the industrial era like the the mm -hmm. the, the, the snap the Snapple there used to be the the glass factory and Snapple used to make all their yeah. bottled glass there that came out the port used to be very busy not busy anymore so just struggling to have this economic vitality and and so food insecurity comes with that right, right. and so and they also have the. Um, They've they've always struggled with the the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation has always done a, a county um, county health rankings each year, and Salem is always has the poorest uh, health ratings of of high obesity of of chronic diseases of um, poor physical environment or poor food in index being able to access healthy foods. Um, so uh, so that so that's why the Health and Wellness Foundation w has wanted to, you know, boost, you know, support in yeah. that area. Yeah. Yeah. And you did a ton of different roles. I mean, I remember being there one day and you're lifting boxes, stacking things in the food pantry, all the while dealing with clients coming in, answering the phone. I mean, that was like a mixed bag of responsibilities, wasn't it? The physical part was the funniest. It must have been so funny to watch. You know, I'm like, I... I 
I learned very, very <laughs> early on. Like I, at first I tried doing this in slacks and my, and my, you know, uh, heel boots because this is our work attire. <laughs> right. But I'm, I'm literally like moving uh, a half a pallet worth of uh, 50 pound bags of potatoes oh, or onions, gosh, like yeah. off of a pallet into, into the van or down the steps into the basement of a food pantry. And I learned early on, I was like, I have to make myself like a mobile uniform so I, I got, went to Kohl's I got like men's khakis or khakis oh, I, I got like a, I got like a vest that like looked like you know decent and I called it my mobile uniform <laughs> <laughs> yeah but yeah it was very physical I um the the one of the most uh, memorable adventures I'll always I'll be proud of myself for this um, but I learned that the community food bank in Egg Harbor Township offered produce any day for pickup for free with no it, and because it was donated through a particular medium you did it didn't require signatures when you handed it out you could any agency partner could pick it up and distribute it so I was like wow well this is how we can increase produce in the pantries yeah. but like what that required I I would get to this Catholic Charities Camden we're in the Camden office we're not in the vault and, um, <laughs> at, at 6 a.m. I'd get here to hop in the old modern day van and I'd, I'd get in that van and every day I'd be like I can't believe they're letting me drive this <laughs> Sorry, bang. and I drive down to Egg Harbor Township and I would I would get to the food bank and then I'd have to load I'd load up the van with like it could probably fit about two pallets worth of stuff and it's, people would always help me because I was like by myself and then I drive to I drive to Salem from there and I'd stop oh at gosh. pantries along the way all the way back up to Camden and I'd deliver the produce wow. now I did this for probably six months it wasn't sustainable and I only did this once a month because the other the other weeks of the month the community food bank was able to deliver to mm. our Pens Grove office and then all the coalition members would come and pick up what they could for their pantries and just, so it was much more feasible yeah. but the second Thursday of every month they couldn't do it and pantries had distributions on the second Saturday and I wanted them to have the produce <laughs> so I so I did this and and it was I mean what a cool adventure I'd be out on the road you know and everything. so <laughs> So it was fun, but it, it wasn't sustainable in that way. But yeah. good adventure. So yes, I was. It was a whole new role, right? A whole new activity. I was just thinking, like it's different from grant writing, but at the same time, I feel like you've always had the ability to just like come up with these ideas. Like you're an ideas person, and you know, and you're innovative. And I feel like with grant writing or running things in Salem, like. That is just such a good skill to have, like just being adaptable and coming up with new ideas. I know you've come to me with a million amazing ideas. And I mean, I feel like that's always been a is really, that, really great, great Have you always quality. been very creative? I think so. Oh, yeah. Okay. I think so. Yeah. yeah. I And I thought about, I was reflecting on, um, just on uh, the past two weeks I've been reflecting on. So I, I thought of this. Uh, have you ever played the game Rummy Cube? I don't think so. It's a tile yeah. game. So everyone has like you know, several tiles and the tiles range from, there's several sets and they range from one to 13 and they're in different colors. Kind of, I mean, kind of like Rummy, the card game, mm -hmm. but like, and you put down one, you know, se sequences or the, you know, several nines of all different colors. And once everyone puts, starts putting down tiles in front of them, you can like 
you know, mix and match other people's tiles to be able to get rid of your own and you have to get oh, rid of your own. And I thought, I thought that's what, how my brain works. I'm always looking at, <laughs> I'm always looking at the pieces. Yeah. Oh, oh, there's this resource over here and then there's this business and there's this need and, but clients want things this way. Let's get, let's like, how do we put this together? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Which, which happens to be, you know, going back to, to our listeners and if you've ever wondered what the benefit of working for a, a nonprofit is, there's usually not enough people to do twice the amount of work that you would ordinarily need if you had a full staff, which requires you to have creative people on board um, and gives them the opportunity that you ordinarily wouldn't find anywhere else. Like if you work for a big corporation, there's a high likelihood you're gonna do the same thing every day for 10 years until you get a promotion to do something else. But it's gonna be the same thing every day for 10 years. You work for a nonprofit like this, you're gonna be able to do what not whatever you want, but you're going to be able to do things that you never realized you were going to be able to do because A, there's a need and B, you've shown that you have some sort of skill set for that. Or if you don't have the current skill set, you're about to learn what that skill set is. <laughs> um, so you ended up, I mean, if we want to talk about Catholic Charities for a little bit, can you, prior to coming here, do you envision like where you would kind of end up? Like, was it something like this? No, I know I you talked about academia in the beginning, but no, I didn't. Uh, was I don't, I, I don't think most people think really of clear. social services as a place they plan to right out. I mean, some people do, but no, no, I certainly hadn't uh, really thought social services all during college. I was really like, just I'm writing, I'm writing, you mm -hmm. know, and then here yeah. there's so much that I mean, real life, it, you get to touch so much of real life. Mm -hmm. um, I, I was especially excited to come on the podcast and talk about my time here, because as you're saying to any listeners who are you know, creative or young or looking for for an experience, right? Um, you guys ran some interviews with colleagues here talking about their time. Mm -hmm. And it was a time when we were hiring for positions. And I thought they should totally be asking me because I could talk I could talk this up so much because yeah. of that exact reason that um, like you're just I, th I think here like you said with there's just opportunity to try things you come you come say I'm really interested in this and like do you, what can I do what can we do with that you know and so it's I'm a living proof of that they, right. and then and then I being at a multi-service social service agency right. a multi-service nonprofit the pers the wide range that I've gotten to see and learn about, all of it has prepped me for this position that I'm taking now. So yeah. it's really grateful, really rich soil, really rich yeah. uh, nurturing soil to to grow in. And and I was a little older than you when I went to my first uh, social service organization, um, but the same thing happened to me. We've talked about it to Mr. Hickey's chagrin all the time. I started my life with Volunteers of America, <sighs> Delaware Valley and Collingswood. We took care of this uh, the South Jersey area and a little bit of Philadelphia. You gotta throw um, that in there I every do. time. I, only because I know it annoys Kevin. Um, the, uh, but it was the same deal. I started as a marketing person, but because it was a, yeah, it wasn't a super small outfit, but it was a small outfit with a small marketing team. I ended up having to learn a dozen things that I never would have learned if I had uh, joined a public relations firm or had done to some, gone to some big corporate entity, which I did later in life when I sold my soul for money. Um, but the greatest joys of my life have been working for VOA, and then working with the Diocese of Camden and the time I've worked with Catholic wow. Charities because it, there is so much, not so much flexibility because you work your, your, you work constantly, um, but flexibility of job where no two days are ever the same, yeah. which yeah. is really, which is, and you do, with, if you have a boss like 
Kevin Hickey uh, and all of the program directors around here, they're always looking to bring in a talented person to, mm -hmm. e even if it's just a short term help out on a project, mm -hmm. you will get, you know, sometimes volunteered and sometimes voluntold to, to work on something that is definitely not in your purview, mm -hmm. but you have a skill set and you're asked to work on it. So you end up learning all these yeah. new things, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, yes. I, it's, I will tell you, in the world, it is very rare to go from grant writing to running <laughs> to running a, a Catholic Charities office out of Salem, out of yeah. depressed Salem County. And that's the other thing, you know, going back to talk about Salem County, which we've also talked on this podcast before, I have a particular affinity for because I was born in Elmer and I spent a lot of my time in Salem County. My wife worked in Salem County for 15 years. Um, Salem City itself is is this is this you know city hub that was a port town um, and a manufacturing town which only has one major manufacturer left in it which where my wife worked um, and surrounded on all sides by food whether it's the fish in the bay or all the farmlands around it and yet it is one of the most uh, food insecure areas of New Jersey, not just South Jersey, New Jersey, yeah. uh, just because there's not a lot of entities down there. Most, actually, this this has recently come up in um, in South Jersey news most recently. But there's a there's a, there's been an influx of Dollar Generals in mm -hmm. South Jersey, which are fine for finding low priced goods, uh, but oftentimes people will utilize them for their main food source instead of going grocery shopping because there are just not that many grocery stores in Salem County. Yeah. You have Walmart, you have, I think, one Walmart in the entire county. It's uh, considered a food desert, isn't it? It is. It's considered a food desert. And so offices like yours, when you well, when you were running that office, yeah. as of uh, you know, like two hours from now, <laughs> after four um, o'clock today, yeah, uh, you know, those are a boon. And you and I talked about this many times. Was the fact that you were able to offer fresh food mm -hmm. in your uh, right. out of your offices was something that just people in Salem didn't always have the opportunity to get. So they could get they could get processed food all over the place cheaply, which is why you would end up having health issues. Right. So, and with food, people, I mean, that was always a great way that people came to us. And then after talking to people like Christina, you learn, oh, you know, they they have more needs than just food. And we might mm -hmm. be able to help out with that. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's a good way of drawing people in, I think, too. Yep. The food pantries are access points. They're a great way to connect, place to connect with clients when you have things to offer. Yeah. Yeah. Christina, this is like probably... I don't know. It's either a really hard question or a really easy one, yeah. but can okay. you tell us like your biggest takeaways or lessons learned oh from, we um, could probably have a series of podcasts about that. You know what else <laughs> I learned here um, that was really um, critical was just like, I mean, it was my first like real um workplace experience. Like I said, I had mm. gone straight into my master's degree from my bachelor's degree and through college I worked at, I worked at restaurants mainly was how. Yeah. And then, um, so that's like a different kind of workplace atmosphere right now. And, and then, uh, yeah, so, so I started here. And so I just learned, uh, I learned about listening. I learned about not being the first person to talk, you know, all the time. <laughs> Um, As which, Mike looks which, at me. <laughs> which for someone of your energy, I know it could be difficult. It is. But. I'm always bursting to, mm -hmm. <laughs> to get in there. But, but no, it's important to, it's important to listen. And, and uh, I'm certainly taking that, that with me. Um, just like uh, 
even having like not getting frustrated or flustered when when you get inundated with things that you didn't expect during the day um, our program directors here are the most magnificent models for that they are they are, they are you know constantly there's fires kind of you know around all the time and they're just so composed and so skillful and smart and their calm and collectedness just makes you feel like it's going to be it's okay you know and that's just such a great skill to have so receiving those things with like a, a a poise and a you know a gladness to be of service you know um so that that skill um at the nice. same time, being able to run around with your hair on fire because there's so many things to do is, is also a skill as well. But being able to do it in a composed manner is not something that you will necessarily learn everywhere. Yeah. I've, I've, this job has a way of separating, I always I refer to a, make it a foxhole reference, the people you want in the foxhole with you and the people you don't want in the foxhole <laughs> with you. Because stuff is coming at you yeah. 10 times mm-hmm. every hour and right. the people who can keep their heads together those are the people you want to be working with when when stuff really gets right. dangerous. And all the while, like keeping the mission of Catholic Charities in the back of your head, like all the time. And mm-hmm. yeah, I've always said with with you, Christina, even like when you start meetings with like opening prayers or closing prayers, I know you've gotten put on the spot for that a ton of times. But then you just come out with this like beautiful, like Thanks. reflection or prayer that's just reminds everyone like you know, take a step back, remember why we're here, what we're doing and, you know, why we're called to do it. And so you've always been so true to the mission and always reminded everyone else of the same. That's a good question. Um, has your faith been tested here or has it uh, grown here? Um, I think my faith has certain, you know, I think, fa- I think my faith is always, always growing. Well, mm. of course, testing is growing, right? Sure. <laughs> yeah. Depends, depending yeah. on whether you pass the test or not, sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, okay, this is part of that, but that, that sense of, um, of, of composure, like just keeping the, keeping the, the, um, the love for service and, and your, you know, feelings that not, not letting your feelings get the best of you, whether you're frustrated or stressed or, you know, um, whatever, because we're also interacting with clients and they're, you know, we are here for, we exist here for them. And so you don't want to effuse any negativity on, Mm. you know, in your interactions with them, you want to receive them with, you know, with, with kind and like ready, you know, hands. And, um, so, my i've and that's i think that's that's certainly part of faith is just uh really getting better at the 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 um being being at the ready to receive people with that like just mm-hmm. kind of like emotional control <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know but but out of but out of faith because i want to be a part i want to be I want to receive people like Christ would with that, with that warmth and that compassion and that, you know, I don't want to make anyone feel like a a burden ever, you know, but then sometimes an expression or a facial, you know, a a vocal expression or a face could do that. And, Mm -hmm. and I'm not perfect. So, and I, you know, have had to learn to, to really develop that, that skill. And that's, um, to be, to be a better instrument of Christ and representative of him and a, you know, a disciple of him, a servant in that way. It, it's no small thing, it's, and I will tell you right now, it's something I fail at 
all the time. Mary has been in the room when my lack of Christian charity uh, uh, rears its ugly head. Well, uh, not you've towards been in the room clients. Done... It's okay to, you know. Oh, I mean, you have to no, talk to people done, for I would, support. I never, and Yeah, I would never you know. do anything to a, to oh, a client. But um, That's the difference, though. <laughs> our, fellow, our fellow staff members occasionally have maybe heard me. <laughs> Heard my lack of Less Christian charity. Less than charitable. <laughs> yeah, which which I am thankful that uh, my colleagues from time to time will call me on the carpet for and say, you know, Mike, you probably could have handled that a little bit better. And I appreciate <laughs> that they exist and remind me because even at my advanced age, I, I can I can learn and grow. So you never stop learning and growing uh, when you're working for an institution like this because yeah. there's always better people <laughs> sitting around the table. <laughs> well, Mike, you are too self-deprecating. But I, I can anyway. always <laughs> there's a There's a great quote by St. Vincent de Paul, and um, he talks, he, the last line of it, we, he, sa- he says that like the, the, the worse the po- anyone sneers, anyone in need sneers at you or, or treats you, like the more you serve them with love. He said, it is only for your love that the poor will accept the bread that you give them. And so he's kind of put, you know, talking about, I mean, to, to have something to give is a seat of privilege. And it, so to do it without love is, I mean, that's not charity. Mm. And so it's only, it's really what you're giving them is the love. It's not just the, it's not even that they just need the bread. They need your love too. Everybody yeah. needs that exchange of acceptance and care. You know, yeah. everybody needs care. So, um, so I, and I, I like feel that. like that comes Wait. in many forms. Like I've seen you like quite literally handing out things to people with a smile. I've seen hundreds of faces over the years. Oh, you're light so up. good at that too, Mary. Oh, well, yeah. I'm the one taking the pictures and writing the stories and I swear it's always been so easy to photograph Christina and just the smiles of people, whether it's you handing out food, but also even with like with grant writing. I mean, I feel like that might be an underappreciated thing for people who aren't too familiar of what goes into it because that earns the money that allows us to carry out services and goes towards clients. And, and on one hand, I feel like that's even harder because you don't really see you know the fruits of your labor (laughs) which is why going back to what i was saying earlier the technical uh, the technical aspects of our work are actually very important which is why i i tend to err on the side of getting someone who really knows what they're doing but you can do that with love even the technical stuff and actually (laughs) which christina does just just to go back to you know christina was quoting uh saint vincent de paul recently and quoting him eloquently, um, which begged a very important question. Why are we letting her leave? She's very, very <laughs> Mike, good. Mike, I'm trying to get through this without crying, okay? Uh, <laughs> Don't lead me there. <laughs> when uh, I will tell you, in a, in a moment of also unchristian, uh, a lack of Christianness, so the tech, I get the email that, Christina, you, you're leaving. And I went on at least a five-minute rant uh, about your departure and how wow. I was very unhappy about it. Um, and told anybody in my office may have used one or two colorful words to uh, to really manifest my point. Um, so I, for one, am going to because I have sadly I had I have and continue to have because I don't let anyone go away. Um, big plans for you because you are a talent. Uh, we we've certainly talked about things in the past that we wanted to do with you that uh, simply because our jobs are so busy never came to fruition, which 
I take a great deal of uh, credit for making sure that that I screwed up and not put you, you in front of people the best <laughs> the best way we could. Um, so I will tell you right now, I am deeply saddened that you're leaving. Um, I'm mildly offended. Uh, <laughs> not really. No, actually, to tell you the truth, I'm, I'm, I am extremely sad that you're leaving Catholic Charities. But we I are. do it very pridefully because you're moving on to a, a leadership position elsewhere, which I, personally I think is one of the greatest compliments you can give Catholic Charities okay. is to lose a person who is then going into a leadership position elsewhere. So... We've talked about it a little bit and sort of alluded to it. Where are you going and what is your sure. title? Um, thank you for that. Um, I'm going to be the executive director of the Salem County Interagency Council of Human Services. And what do they do? Sure. So that's a lot they, of words. Their mission statement is quite broad and I'm not quoting it exactly. I haven't learned it yet. I can recite established in 1936 <laughs> for a multi-service social service mission that it empowers and advocates for and provides services to the poor, vulnerable, and marginalized Look at across you. the six southern counties of New Jersey. Six southernmost counties of New Jersey. Um, but, well, it took you a little while to learn that there. one. Yeah, yeah. I'll, get there. I'll get there. So um, their mission is, is very broadly to um, plan coordinate, collaborate, develop, and implement programs and services that uh, are will uh, better the well-being of the Salem, of the residents of Salem County and surrounding areas. Mm-hmm. So I actually found it very interesting when I read that, I said, I can do a lot with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> now they, all the ideas you have all the time that can, you know. And you're the executive director, them. so you can force people to do it. It's nice that power. Yeah, we'll see what I can play with. I'm, I'm excited to see what, what, what I can build and what, yeah. what we can do. But they, they were founded for specific reasons um, besides that, that mission statement. And that was to provide a coordinated care assessment for all providers regarding homelessness in the county. Um, they work closely for the the county in that area, and then also some um, child welfare coordinated services. Uh, we we help to monitor um, certain uh, school based programs for families and youth. And so I think that we, I'm still I'm still going to learn all the ins and outs, but yeah. we we help to communicate any new regulations and strategic priorities, and make sure that these programs, homelessness services, are all fulfilling what what is ex- what is expected and and also helping to we convene providers and people and residences to make sh- make sure they're all in communication and know what's going on no one's isolated and mm-hmm. and you can share resources and stuff so that's like those are their main activities at this time until i until i <laughs> add like, more <laughs> like that's the way you want to think and it is true it's like uh, when you get a position like this uh where you have some influence it's a it's a great opportunity and you'll be having that influence with the the uh with everything you've learned here and Absolutely. certainly we've dealt with a lot of nutty situations which i will no doubt believe uh will serve you well uh in your new role so so i genuinely congratulations Thank I, you. I am yeah. i'm very excited for so you so this is what's cool about it too like the you know Catholic Charities actually fulfills some homelessness contracts with housing. So I'll still be working with Cindy LeBron. And uh, and also... um, I was the point, the lead, the Catholic Charities representative on a New Jersey Health Initiatives uh, project, and now I'm going to uh, bring the IAC on to that, and and I'll be the lead on that. But Mary is going to um, step in as the 
the Catholic, so we'll get, as the Catholic Tires representative on that project, that's just a community collaborative grant project. And so we're, so we'll be working together there. Community and, and partners. I just, yeah, I just, you know, I mean, it's, I'm still going to be, you know, kind mm-hmm. of in the network yeah. and, and how can we build each other up, you know, and like still collaborate. Um, if there's one thing I've my learned. My wheels are turning. <laughs> you, you can physically leave Catholic Charities, but nobody really leaves Catholic Charities. But I don't want to. No, you know, I, like and, it's just, it's people like, yeah. you know, yeah. And, and listen, we, we find work for, and I don't mean that in terms of like employment or stuff like that, but volunteer work or, or committees to have people sit on their former employees of Catholic Charities simply because anybody who le- le- leaves here, and I, I recommend this to anybody who's looking to pilfer good candidates, by all means, check your local Catholic Charities because they are uh, well-instructed, knowledgeable, calm, uh, good-hearted, and very creative. I haven't met a single person here that doesn't fall some level and some degree of that of those things so if you, uh, you know, by all means please do not take from catholic charities diocese of camden because we already lost one <laughs> um and we need some time to replenish and she's going to be hard to replace but uh, look at your other catholic charities entities because they, they will be, be beneficial but we will be having you back from time to time certainly cool. as a guest on, yes. i mean once okay. you're once you're a guest on the podcast we'll bring you back at the drop of a hat for certain yeah, things so cool. when you have stuff going on in salem county that you want to get the news out for Yes. You know who to contact. Excellent. We'll, we'll always work with you. Excellent. I'm trying to think of how to word this question because I know you are a very, very humble person, but you've had a lot of accomplishments. Like, oh over, I mean, the grants that you've received the other day, I, um, I heard somebody screaming. I'm like, oh gosh, oh, what's happening now? That? And I run out and it was a colleague who was saying, Christina got us this grant. We have funding for this. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And then it was, you know, everyone kind of rushed over to see what was going on. And I'm like, usually nobody hears about it, you know, but you've brought in a ton of money. I mean, you've started uh, so many initiatives, so many ideas. Can you, I know you're humble, but can you like tell us more about just like the work that you've done? Yeah, yeah, I keep, well, I keep an Excel sheet of all the grants that I put out so that I can track um, how much you know how much how many dollars i've actually put out requests for and then how many i'm awarded uh and so i can track a percentage rate of my success rate um and uh yeah and um i i track whether those were government or private foundations um and what the what the opportunity you know title was um so i it's not it's not up to date because I have a few more I need to include. But as part of my, uh, they they gave me cake yesterday, like twelve o'clock, <laughs> and, and, they, I, and I was supposed, you know, I was I planned to say a few words, and so part of that um, was just this. Uh, in my five years with Catholic Charities, I've requested $3,563,061 in funding through grant applications to support our mission to serve neighbors in crisis and need, and. Um, those grant requests, right? I just said this. They they require abundant and tedious time oh from gosh. everyone in the you know anyone involved, program uh, staff, program directors, accounting mm-hmm. is a godsend here. We have such and everyone is such a team player. When you're talking about the skills that he, people have here, it's teamwork. Teamwork is the number one. Um, but from that to- total that I've output. Uh, we've been awarded a total of $2,034,662, which is 57% of my output. So that's actually a really good that return. Is now, huge. A lot of that, now, a lot of that 
I did with John Marcantuno when I was a co-lead. That's not when I was actually the sole lead. And a lot of that's also renewals. So, you know, the renewals are never the same thing as a first time grant. So here's my humility. Please don't think more of me than um, than it really is. But it but it's very exciting. I mean, that's yeah. very exciting for me that I, you know, have accomplished that. And that's, that's a, great, a huge accomplishment. That's a great percentage and a great return on investment yeah. of time and talent and, and effort. Um, the uh, when you can bring in numbers like that over the course of five years, and that's that's a healthy organization, and that's the importance of grant writing, folks. If you work for a nonprofit or you you have or if you're available to um, or you have grants available to you, I know it seems tedious and I know it seems onerous. Put the effort into it because it really does make a huge difference in what you're able to provide in terms of services or, or projects. So uh, if you're a local person and you've never considered it or it's always been something that's uh, made you nervous, I can tell you that a person with a liberal arts degree who never thought she was going to be anything more than an academic uh, found a way to throw herself into it and, as you heard, uh, was able to bring in millions of dollars over the course of uh, five years. So it's it's always worth the effort. And the ripple effects of that. Yeah. You know, the lives touched, the families touched. I mean, that can't be quantified. I wish it could, but, you know, mm, that number point. would be amazing, Ten too. Ten times as much. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, really, it really would. So it's it's important. That money has gone to provide um, security deposits and rents for families that are literally homeless. That um, we've provided uh, financial coaching and counseling for for anyone, general population, um, mentorship uh, for youth, um, food, uh, a lot of food, um, a youth a youth enrichment program for refugee youth, a, re, a reentry uh, activities for citizens that were reentering from Salem County Jail. Um, just, uh, oh, and now the one that I was screaming about, we did get some <laughs> funds, uh, to help provide security deposits and rents for f people that are, uh, want to get into sober living that have completed treatment for opioid use disorder and want to get into sober living houses, but can't afford the, um, to get in. And so it's just like really like crucial, like, like life changing. It, stuff. it is because it just gets people through, you know, through a crisis situation and to get through that. And then, mm. you know, and that's really helpful. Got, you know, one day, you know, by the grace of God, there goes me and, and I would need it one day too. That's because you never know when you're going to end up in a position like yeah. that. Uh, and it, it also begs another thing is that, you know, we were talking about, you know, the importance of grant writing, keep an eye on the grants that are being provided. Cause sometimes it'll be for a program that you don't have and you don't think you could possibly operate. However, uh, you might be surprised at, um, what's out there. Mm -hmm. And, and if you, if there's a need in the community, I'm willing to bet dollars of donuts that there's probably a grant set up somewhere that all you need to do is apply to and probably a little luck as well and some skill but make the effort to apply because you just never know when uh, that grant will come through you're increasing yeah. our competition mike yeah i was uh I, don't a, anybody my look smile for slowly I'm a, started fading I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a capitalist no one's I, out there I, I believe in uh, you know <laughs> survival of the fittest here the, uh, no because i know how good our, i know how good our staff is here and i know how good our programs are that i don't mind other companies plus we don't provide everything to everybody. That okay, is true. no, absolutely, Mike. no. That's true. It's true, and it's very exciting. And you're right. We need, we need, we need as many contributors mm -hmm. in this space and partners yeah. as possible. Yeah. Yep. 
Yeah. Including people from Volunteers for America Delaware Valley. <laughs> well, On behalf sorry, of Kevin, I'm going to smack the microphone away from you. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope one day one of them, one of the employees of uh, l- listens to any of these podcasts and appreciates all the positive things I've said about them. Oh my gosh! Um, the, yeah, I wonder. Will they ever know? <laughs> the um, no, no. Well, you know, we got like four minutes left of the of the show, and I'm just curious. Um, in your time here, uh, do you have any sort of like final words of wisdom? Oh, thank you. Just a big thank you. Um, really gratitude, grateful. You know, in my in my speech to my my colleagues, I was going to say, cake, there's the paper there. Well, if you last, share that, just one part of you. it. No, it's it's like two pages, Mary. Well, I did a trivia game <laughs> at my cake celebration. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, I can't but, believe I missed this. Um, you know, I wanted to say I I especially appreciate everyone here because they've seen me fail. They've mm-hmm. seen they've seen me make mistakes. They've I've I've had to apologize again and again. I'm sorry this was late. I'm sorry I didn't you know I for, didn't I didn't return your call. And and they've no one's ever ever flinches at saying saying it's okay and offering support, continuing to offer support and encouragement and believing in me and everything. So it's just that's a safe environment to grow in and to learn in. And I am so thankful for that. You know that I could be you know human and and. Uh, forgiven and and still be a teammate, you know. Yeah. Um, I'll give you one of trivia, one of trivia. Oh yeah, fashion. love it. Yes. Okay, so I um, one of my first grants that I wrote was an enrichment program for refugee youth, and our program director at the time uh, was very into comic books, and uh, we were going to do this thing where the the youth would learn practice speaking, learning English by reading the comic books, and then write their own stories. It was kind of an emotional thing. They would write their own stories as comic books because a lot of superheroes are actually they embody like uh you know people on the margins or people who are excluded because of differences right and who is the most notable superhero that is actually a refugee because he was forced to go to another planet from his home planet superman I knew, Christina, you were speaking Mike's language as soon as you mentioned comics, but I knew that one. You beat me to it. Uh, Okay, I tell you what, you give us your real name. No. <laughs> what? Your name's not Mary? No, 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 no. Superman's real name. Oh. You can use Superman's real name. <laughs> you said give us Mary's real name. I don't know. <laughs> Sometimes okay. I don't know that either. Use Superman's. Clark Kent. Clark Kent. No, that's, that's not right. his real name. It's not? His Wait. real name is Kal-El. What? That's his. Oh, that's, I feel that's like that's from like a, See, that's we his, don't even know. See, <gasps> some you, some refugees might have to take on that's an American right. name. See, you know, proving once again your point. See, why are I we letting that. this woman leave? I don't She's know. brilliant, and she uses car, uh, comic book analogies. This is great, but that that's actually. But see uh, how fun that grant program is. We designed that, and we yeah. wrote that. And we got funding for that, and it didn't. It didn't. We didn't get as much as we asked, so we had to change it, so it wasn't exactly like that. Yeah. But um. But yeah, see, it's so fun. It, it, and it is <laughs> okay. When we started this podcast before we hit the record, uh, Mary and I, for different reasons, are dead tired. Yeah. And people were coming in, and I didn't want them anywhere near me. We both I am said just, you're going to have to carry this one today. And what <laughs> happened? She was on for 54 and a half minutes, and this is the most energized and happiest I've been in, in wow. hours. Yeah. So, uh, Christina, I am going to be very, and Mary is too, very sad that you're leaving. We're very happy if for I you. Open to, my mouth, to, I'm going to start getting choked. So you speak on behalf of both of us. I, I just want you to, you are always welcome at Catholic Charities in the Diocese of Camden. And me personally, as a communications director, if there's any way I can ever be of service to you, please 
do not hesitate to thank contact you. me and we will be helpful to you in any way, shape, or form that we can. So thank you for and all of your good service. Good luck. Thank you will be amazing. So <laughs> yeah. And to uh, Mary, thank you for helping to put this together. And to of our course. listeners, thank you for listening. And uh, we'll be back again next week. See you, everybody. Bye.